Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Well, good morning and welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. Today we are on episode 62 and my guest today is Nalasa Cutler. She is someone who I've known for a few years now. We've been in containers together and um, she is in the design space, the energetic design space. She would call herself an intuitive designer or a home therapist, and advocate for inner harmony. She is all about authenticity. She says that her purpose is simple yet profound, and it is to awaken the inherent beauty and tranquility that are your birthright. She says she accomplishes this by revolutionizing the way that you connect, interact, and dwell within your living space. For her, this endeavor is nothing short of pure magic. It's a fusion of energy work, strategic design planning, and the profound act of truly seeing what lies within the spaces we inhabit. In her view, she says our connection to our physical environment is a gateway to connecting with our deepest selves. And I absolutely agree with that. And I think a lot of times we forget that our spaces are a a reflection of us and can create safety and connection for our souls, if you will. And some people are very aware of this need and this desire to connect with their spaces and to decorate and redesign a space that works for them. And yet they overlook perhaps the most important relationship in their lives which is with their partner and with themselves. And so my purpose for calling myself a relationship designer is to help you design the space within your relationship of safety and connection and create novelty to learn about yourself and who you truly are, like who your authentic self is, with no shame or guilt or apology, no judgment from your partner. Um, And that way you can create a design and structure for your relationship that meets your needs. And so the two go hand in hand. So this is such a fun conversation because it's like the two worlds um, are coming together and this design process is, is is so similar to what I do with my clients. And so it's really fun to get to talk about it from both sides. And so um, I invite you to 
join us on this conversation and just kind of get into the energy of your spaces and what that does for you. And then also the energy of an authentic relationship and really being able to design what it is that you truly desire in life um, on all fronts. So let's go and design our lives and let's learn how to do that. I love you and I will see you soon when we come back. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Do you feel like you've been sold a fairy tale when it comes to sex and love? Why isn't it working? Why am I not fulfilled or satisfied? Why do I have a deep longing for more? Maybe you've had some of these thoughts. Did you know it's not your fault? That's right. You've been brainwashed since childhood with disempowering beliefs about sex and relationships. This is known as the mono mindset. If you're tired of feeling stuck, you're ready for Breaking Free from Conformity, the eight-week program where you will learn how the mono mindset has set you up for failure in relationships, why you think of sex as wrong or taboo, why you judge yourself. You will finally learn how to have empowered relationships with confidence and success. Many of my clients have said, Corrine, I didn't know I had choices. I thought I needed a partner to feel complete. I thought I was supposed to suppress my desires to have a successful relationship. What if you could learn to love yourself and your desires without guilt? Well, you can. With Breaking Free from Conformity, the eight-week program, shifting the subconscious programming that is keeping you stuck. It's not your fault. You weren't given a choice. It's time to break free and start living your life. To register, go to offers.kareenbedard.com forward slash BFFC for breaking free from conformity. I can't wait for you to find ultimate freedom and create an empowered relationship for yourself. Well, welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. Today, my guest is Nalasa Cutler, and we have known each other for a few years now. We were in the same container together, and we've just kind of kept touch over the years, and uh, each time we realize we have more and more in common, which is really fun. So welcome, Nalasa. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. This is good fun. <laughs> it is fun. We always have good conversations. And um, and it's funny because you were one of the few people I think I was shy around in the beginning, which, oh, yeah? is, which is so weird because I'm not often shy around people. But like, <laughs> I I don't know why, but I've got, just gotten more and more comfortable around you. And it's like, we just get like deeper and deeper each time and, and realize that we actually a lot more similar than we thought in the beginning, which is kind of cool. So, um, and you're always kind of on the periphery and, and you're always like keeping up with my stuff and keeping an eye on things. And then we show up and we end up in the same, uh, rooms, breakout rooms in, um, 
networking and, you know, events online and stuff. So we, our paths just keep crossing all the time. So I was like, it's time, it's time. We definitely have to get on a podcast because we've had a few chats and we, our work is so aligned. Yeah. I feel like every time we talk, it just gets like just more and more fun. It does. It's like, I guess, growing any sort of relationship, you know, the more time you spend together, the more interactions you have, uh, yeah, the more build. So exactly, and um, and it's funny because you probably were laughing at me a few minutes ago when I was like, "Oh my god!" Like we, what what we have together is like the yin and yang almost of like what I talk about. So let's get into it. But like you and I are both very passionate about authenticity, absolutely, and so. Tell us a little bit about what you do, because we're going to tie it all together with this beautiful little bow, because like, I was like, ding, this just like, duh. Okay. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell us what okay. you do. Um, I, my business is called Ascension Aesthetics, and I work with people really expanding how they connect, interact, and live in their space. Um, you could call me intuitive designer. Some say I'm a home therapist and just really looking at how our space supports who we are, how we express ourselves, and really it supports us energetically in living our best life. Um and so my purpose really is to awaken the inherent beauty and tranquility that are your birthright. Um, and I do this in a myriad of ways. I've really focused on energy first design. So I do dowsing um, of spaces and really looking at you as a person and how you're supported by your environment. Um, often this can look like things around moving. Um, so whether you're organizing, decluttering, getting ready to remove, um, and really supporting that transition of creating a new space to support yourself um, for the future, as well as actually doing design and creation of space. Hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's about being conscious about your space and designing the elements that are necessary for your well-being. Would you say that is Yeah. So it's like very human focused design. So um in looking at, you know, uh as one of my main things when I talk to people is like when you are thinking about designing a space, it's what would I love and what is the use. So in and thinking about spaces around your house for that, but it's also a matter, it's a feeling. It's like, how does it make you alive? So um, one of my main premises actually is like, you have an energy field and the space you live is an extension of that energy field. And so if you're working with energy, if you actually think about right now, like feeling the support of your house, of where you're sitting, of the land outside, and just thinking about yourself, like feeling that stability, mm-hmm. um, like, I ground that for you to actually feel ownership, feel that connection with, with the land, with the environment. And then once you have that feeling, um, the design, the expression of your authenticity or how you want to express yourself or what would feel supported, I feel like usually naturally comes. Mm. I love the questions that you ask, you know, like where those two questions, one is, Mm -hmm. 
what do you want to use the space for? And then how do you want to feel? And funny enough, I'm a sex positive relationship designer. And I chose that, that title specifically because to me, we don't spend nearly enough time asking those questions of our relationships, Mm -hmm. of our marriages, of our partnerships in general. We're just like, okay, well, I committed to this and that's the way it is. And so the agreements that you made in the beginning just stay stagnant and you don't revisit those agreements. You never ask yourself, what's the use? <laughs> how, how do I want to use this relationship? That's kind of a funny way to, to say it, but like, what do I want this relationship to look like? And, and how do I want it to serve us, serve me and, and essentially serve other people in that process, right? Cause your energy comes from that. And then, um, what do you, how do you want to feel in your relationship? You know, and we don't tend to ask ourselves those questions. Number one, because we're programmed to think that we're not allowed to ask ourselves those questions, right? Like your relationship is to look one way and that's monogamous forever for life. And you sacrifice yourself to make it work and it's hard and you just do it and you buck up and you, it's not all about you. It's not all sunshine and roses and all this. However, we're also promised this happily ever after model. Um, but yet we just have to grind through it. And so people are frustrated that they're going through this relationship and where's the happily ever after. And I'm also not supposed to want things for myself. And I'm not really supposed to have joy out of out of this. This is that's kind of selfish because I should just be grateful that I have a partner. Some don't have a partner, and I should just be grateful that I have a roof over my head or head or or I have kids or whatever. And we actually don't give ourselves permission to figure out who we are and what we want and and allow ourselves to design something that would give us life and bring us energy within our own selves. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I think you touched on a lot. I mean, you touched on a lot of different things. Um, The biggest thing is I, I think for me, and one thing that I've always thought about in any relationship is like, uh, I think relationships as well as entrepreneurship is a path for spiritual growth and Mm -hmm. development. Um, And so I think in even looking at homes as well as relationships, often you buy a place or you think things are physical and stagnant and set as opposed to being able to express yourself or think about well, what am I actually wanting in the world? How am I actually wanting to express myself? What would actually light me up? Um, Whether that is doing something in a relationship with another person or even just like for yourself or allowing your fantasies to go, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. to how do you bring that into your home space? How do you bring um, the, like I was talking with a person the other day um, and they were just, you know, she noticed she had a client um, and she really loved skiing and her house is just totally devoid of anything. And she's literally like, why don't you, you love skiing? Why don't you put up some pictures of mountains and different things? 
And literally it just like never occurred to her mm-hmm. that she would put stuff of activities or spaces that she loved in her home. And so like, obviously that's very, very simplistic, but in the same way, it's like, we think we love things. I mean, yet we just don't quite know how to incorporate them into our space or into our lives in different ways. And I think that's probably also how, and, and when we work with clients, it's kind of like, how do you pick that out of people? How do you get people to be like, yes, I am worthy, deserving, and this is what I would love. Mm -hmm. And once you know that it's often much simpler to then go for it. Hmm. So when I work with clients, one of the pieces that I start with is sort of the fantasy. So my breaking free method, F-R-E-E, is yeah. fantasize, release, embrace, empower. Um, so fantasize about what it is that you want. Like best case scenario, if, if there's no holds barred, like what would you want? What do you desire? What are your fantasies? And that can yeah. be sexually or not sexually, just like what do you enjoy? Um, Mm -hmm. what kind of relationship do you want and what would bring you the most joy? And do you find like, do you get, do you get people to kind of fantasize and just sort of think outside of the box? Like if, if anything was possible, what would you want? Um, yeah, go ahead with that. Yeah. I mean, I think like figuring out what people would love, like often, um, it's a feeling, it's a sensation, like probably even a fantasy. It's like, you know, wanting to feel desirable, wanting to see it like, you, you know, it's what makes you feel attractive or sexy or um, whether it's like nourished and comforted. There's, I feel like all of the same um, basic emotions or states of either like aliveness or relaxation are probably the same both for your home or in a relationship. It's mm-hmm. like, how do you feel supported, comforted, uh, feel invigorated, feel I feel like we're both, touch- I feel like authenticity is really touching on aliveness and what makes mm-hmm. us enjoy life, enjoy living, feel that passion, feel that um, both stability and excitement. How big a role does safety play in in the design process for you? Um, I think it's interesting. I've met different people like, depending on if you're in the country or different things, people, you know, will have different habits between like, uh, I worked with a person the other day and he grew up in New York city. And so even now he lived in the country, he would close all the blinds and shutters all the time, even though there's absolutely no one outside. Mm -hmm. Um, I think often, I think homes are naturally safe and supportive. Mm -hmm. And often because we don't feel that in ourselves, we don't actually use our house to its greatest ability for what it's wanting to do for us. And so part of my work is really how do you make that connection? How do you feel that safety, that security, mm-hmm. that groundedness with the land, with yourself, with your home, with these walls that you live in so you can relax, so you can then do the expression, do the do the other things that are more joyful because you need that safety victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, and back to the fantasy piece. Um, so a lot of times it's important to just kind of think outside the box and fantasize about anything that you want without shame or guilt, right? Without worrying about if that's possible or not. And then 
figuring out if it's possible or ethical or doable is a whole different, a whole different part of things. Right. Um, but first we have to just like figure out who we are and what it is that we want and need and enjoy and, and feel alive by. I mean, that might not be in the budget for you, right? Like that, it might not be possible just like in your relationship, the way your structure is, it might not be possible to live out those fantasies, you know, like if your fantasy is to make out with other people and, you know, outside your relationship, and that sounds really fun to you, but that's not your agreement that you're monogamous and that's not the agreement, then that may not be possible, but you might be able to create a scenario where you go with your partner and, you know, meet up at a bar and pretend you're strangers and make out and and then that can fulfill that fantasy. So you can get creative about how to accomplish the same feeling or bring that same energy to the space or to your relationship. It doesn't have to be outside of the box if that's not what you desire or can design at the time. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that, I mean, it is about getting creative, right? Um, mm-hmm. And figuring out what does work. And I think even with spaces, like I um, I definitely work around like the energetics of space um, and, and like the energy of the home and our own, we're playing with our own mental fantasies, ideals. I find so much um, people both fight with their physical environments as well as fight with themselves. And so um, I was working with a client the other day and, you know, she's in the, uh, people will feel like they don't deserve to be in the house, like that that's too small or that they're just like, not like, it's kind of like being in a relationship. It's like, it's not quite the right fit. Mm. Um, and somewhat different, but it's like, well, how can you change that? Or how how can you, if you desire something else, Mm -hmm. how can that just be present here right now without it needing to actually be different yet? Mm -hmm. Um, An example of this is this woman, she was planning on leaving um, her home. I don't know if this, anyway, uh, she was planning on leaving her home and she wanted to make it nicer, but she didn't really want to work on it in, she's like, I'm about to leave. It's still a year away, but I don't want to invest money into this property. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of it is just like imagining feeling that you are already in the new space, Mm -hmm. like, or like preparing to go to the new space. So I think sometimes in relationships too, it's like we... I mean, we're ultimately in relationships with ourselves first and what we imagine or fantasize or those like small little behaviors that you have dictate how the person reacts and stuff, but it's kind of first you. Um, And the biggest thing with what she felt like in the house, like after we did a session together and this energy work and stuff, she was just like, I just stopped fighting with the space. Like I came to accept it for it is an older house. It is falling apart. It's like taking care of your grandma. It's like, it's not going to be my ideal place, mm-hmm. but right now, you know, it's, it, it's a loving home that is nurturing and allowing this to be for me. Um, and I ended up just, you know, giving her the energy of her new place. It's like, you can live in the energy of what is that fantasy? How do I want to uh, incorporate this. What is the aliveness I want to feel on that? And then it's like, what 
uh, smaller systems can I do to bring that out in my relationship or in my house to Mm -hmm. make that feel the security that um, it's kind of, you know, laws of attraction or manifestation and stuff. But it's like, how do you bring that feeling into your body right now? Mm -hmm. And then what changes from that space? Well, I would say that what changes too is the connection to the space, right? Like Mm -hmm. when you do that in your relationship, right? Like when you're like, okay, I'm owning who I am and what I desire. And I have no shame about that anymore. My fantasies, my desires, my thoughts, my emotions, like none of those things are forbidden. All of that is fair game. It doesn't mean I'm going to act out everything that I want to do, but I am allowed to have those thoughts. I'm allowed to desire that. It may not be possible. Like for her, it's not possible to leave yet, Mm -hmm. but she can want those things. And maybe she was feeling a bit of shame at not liking her house at the way it was. And so you project that shame and then you you make yourself small and you don't connect to, to your partner or to your space. And so for me, like connection and safety is what brings an empowered relationship. Like you can't communicate if you feel shame about what you have to communicate. You can't communicate if you don't feel safe with the person or with yourself. And And like, it's important that you feel safe with yourself first. And a lot of people don't think of that. They're like, well, I just don't feel safe sharing that with them. Well, are you ashamed of the thought to begin with? Are you ashamed of that desire? Because if yeah. you are, you're going to communicate that and you're going to blame them for not accepting you when really it's you not accepting you first. Mm-hmm. And then we can't feel safe and we can't feel connected or we can't feel um, empowered with our partner and comfortable in our relationship if we don't feel connected. So we have to like find points of connection and really lean into that and be willing to have a a sense of vulnerability with our partner to allow connection to happen. And then that's when the conversations really can, can be just mind blowing and, and just expansive and authentic, right? Is because you can feel authentic within yourself and then there's no shame. Yeah. As you've been talking, it makes me think, I think about spaciousness a lot Mm -hmm. um, and creating spaciousness in your house. And I feel like part of it too is spaciousness in your relationship for what is, what is actually just there to be. Um, I think so much in society, we come with a doing or getting or needing to prove, or there's just so much movement in something that we lose track of like, what is actually like, what is that love actually just that exists between us with, with stillness, with spaciousness Mm -hmm. there for it to take whatever shape it needs to shape, take, um, or can take. And, um, And almost like once you lower like agendas or like as soon as you desire for something that's striving. And I think this comes back to the accepting piece. It's like, you know, I think um, if you're caught in like, I want this or like I need a bigger house to then feel secure or I need my partner to do X, Y, and Z, you're coming from a place of like, not enoughness and like not actually feeling comfortable with where you're at right now. Um, whether that's a, a fantasy, a desire, it's like, you know, it's, it can, it's in all your own internal, it's your own internal game 
then it comes, it comes down to expectation, I think. Right. Like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like, um, one of my guests a while ago, let's see if I can get this right, but she's like, expectations are preconceived disappointments. And I was like, Whoa, that's, (laughs) that's so good because when, whenever we expect anything from our space, like if we are, expect our house to be everything to us, then mm-hmm. we're going to be disappointed somewhere. But if we just are at peace and we're con- we learn to just kind of be content, not stagnant, not like complacent, but mm-hmm. content in in a way that we're just we have good energy inside of us, and and the joy ultimately comes from inside of us in your space too, right? Like if you're never happy with who you are, you're going to expect things from your space that your space is never going to give you. Like you can't, but it's an extension of you. And so if you know who you are and you have good energy and you're content and you, you have joy inside, that's going to extend to your space and you're going to allow the things that you enjoy to be there and to be a part of your space just because you don't have to have a reason for it, you know? Like- yeah. I mean, I, I I do work a lot of with connections. So the connection of um so often people and possibly in relationships too, like people look at their space as like a utility or as a function only space and don't really feel connected to it. And I think um and and likewise with land, with nature, with the world in general, I feel often we view it from an extractive, like, what can I get mm. from um, this without really thinking about the interrelationship or the connection that you actually have with it, the co-creative process of um, actually thinking about like the land that you're standing on. And one of the things that I work with is just like, even like feeling like gravity, which, and like, just feeling like that calmness of you know you Mm. don't have to you don't actually have to hold yourself up Mm. like if you just think about your sitting like you can just actually think about like I don't need to try to hold myself up right now like I can actually relax and like I will still be right here I'll still be solid I'll still be supported and I think in remembering these like subtleties of of our space, of our bodies, of like what is really important um, in the same way with a relationship, it allows you to to be authentic because you feel that groundedness, because you feel that connection with the things that are important in your life um, and essentially creates a, a, a stand, a support. I mean, it creates your support structure to allow for that safety, for that expression, for that... Um, ability to to be fuller um i think in in thinking about different relationships and um i i i think trauma is a big thing in like the habit of distrust like i know in my own past relationships and stuff like the idea of abandonment or fear of being lost that it's you know a very deep rooted cause and it makes it so you can't like it triggers a fight or flight response in the body um and so often we can't necessarily see what is actually in front of us or what the situation like we do get 
foggy glasses in a way. And, and I think in working with you or working with me about either space and relationship or relationships, it's like allowing, giving a space to actually unfurl, like what is, what is that safety? What is it that you're actually wanting to experience um, and feeling that groundedness? Like, I think even in you being like, yes, that is fine to desire this. And even that allowing yourself to desire it makes it so it's not necessarily something that you need to strive for, which is what you were saying at the beginning. Yeah. Like anytime you make something taboo, yeah, you want it, right? Like it's like you say to a kid, don't touch that. Don't touch that red button. What do they want to do? They obsess about touching the red button. Well, the focus is on the red button. Yeah, it's like, to, but if you're like, you know, there's nothing wrong with touching the red button, you know, you can touch the red button, but just know that if you touch the red button, this is what may happen and you have to be prepared for that consequence. And, but you get to make the choice ultimately, right? Like, like if kissing other people outside of your relationship is not part of your structure, you might want it and you might um, want to try that. But if that's, at the risk of breaking trust and, and losing, you know, breaking the, the commitment that you've made and the, and the boundaries that you have for each other's relationship, then is that worth it? You know, or can you live with that fantasy inside and and imagine and be like, Oh, this is really fun. I can dream about it. I can think about it. I can talk about it. And even being able to tell your partner that this is a fantasy of yours, but don't worry, it's not something I'm actually going to do unless we agree on it. Then it takes away the, this need to hide and obsess about it. And if you look at any addiction, any addiction stems from this this shame and need to hide something, a piece of yourself or a desire, a secret desire that you have. And therefore you have to keep it to yourself. And the more you have to keep it to yourself, the more it becomes something you obsess about and think about and want to do. And then it takes over your life. And if we can just be authentic about it and not shame ourselves for what we actually want, then, you know, you know, it, it just becomes yeah, I mean, something that is normal. Well, it also, I feel like um, recently in my relationship, I was, you know, at an event and even just sharing the desire of flirtations with another person ignites more passion in my relationship yeah. like you know it's like oh like this other person like found me really attractive and like mm-hmm. hit on me and like I've kind of found them attracted too and it actually like it it brings uh, it brings a jolt to the relationship it's like mm-hmm. oh like you know it's not just like stagnant um and I mean the biggest thing was like I yeah I was flirting with this person um <laughs> at this event I was at um and then I told my partner about it who was in the UK I was back in the states and it was just like a super big turn on for like he's like okay and even like and I even even telling him I'm like feeling you know a little bit of shame a little bit of these different emotions it's like it's not what we have in agreement with each other right now in our relationship Mm -hmm. um and that like naughtiness or that like borderline area is so ripe with excitement right that then you can share with your partner and Mm -hmm. so even as opposed to allowing it it's like instead of keeping it for myself 
in sharing it with him, it like made it ours, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, and that's a big thing. Like a lot of people that, um, that want to get into sort of a non-monogamous lifestyle, um, like the idea of non-monogamy is very attractive to them. The idea of, um, you know, sexual fantasies in, in involving other people, whether it's threesome or whatever, those things are very exciting, but it's scary to go there. And so a lot of people, like one of the things that I recommend is like, play around with that fantasy, like talk about that fantasy, live it out within the walls of your mm -hmm. space, <laughs> your home, yeah. your bed, talk about it and try it on for size in a fantasy realm and use that to create novelty in your relationship and, and excitement. And so my, my three, I wanted to mention this before, but like the three main important pillars say for an empowered relationship, for me, it's not communication. It's not one of them. <laughs> People are like, what, how is that not one of them? I was like, hear me out, hear me out. So the first one would be connection, safety, and novelty. Okay. And when you have those three things and you think about it, like when you feel connected, you feel much safer in your body. You feel like you can trust your partner. You feel like, you know, you feel close. When you have safety, when you know someone can hold space for you and they're not going to judge you for what you say, they're going to be able to just listen and hold that. Even if they don't agree, even if it does something to them, you can agree to hold safety for each other and to have listening skills and things like that. So if you have those two things alone, you're going to be able to be a lot more authentic um, because you're going to feel like calmer in your body, right? You just allow yeah. the things that you say aren't going to come back to bite you, right? Like, and so if you can't share your truth without getting attacked or judged, you don't feel safe and you're not going to communicate. It doesn't matter if you know all the tools or not. You're mm -hmm. just not going to share the things because you're going to be ashamed for one. You're going to hold it to yourself. So again, first of all, it's like getting rid of the shame and guilt that you feel inside of you in order to feel safe to yourself. And then also having that with your partner, but without connection, you don't you don't get to that point either. And then novelty keeps things fresh and exciting. It's like, mm -hmm. if you just have white walls everywhere, unless you really want a monochromatic look, that's fine. Um, if that's what brings you joy. But like, if you just have just plain white walls and nothing on them and everything, that's not very novel. It's not very exciting. If you don't have any pictures of the mountains and you love skiing, you know, that might not be, there might not be novelty in your space. So I'm sure that's part of your process. It's like what, what gives you a little jump? What gives you a little excitement? Bring that into your space. And it doesn't have to serve a purpose other than bring you joy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of times, um, you know, I, I, the two extremes of houses are either overly sterile mm -hmm. where, you know, it's a new build. Uh, it's devoid of connection. It doesn't have as much growth. Everything's been like very fresh um, and people don't really know how to inhabitate, inhabit their house that doesn't mm -hmm. quite feel comfortable to them. They, they're not expressive. And then the opposite end of the spectrum is, you know, a house that's like really old, that is over cluttered, that 
you know, has so much expression that it almost like drowns out because you don't focus on anything specifically. And Mm -hmm. so these are like two extreme ends of the spectrum, but like one, the, you know, is about, you know, how do you feel grounded? How do you feel rooted there? How do you bring in aspects of your life, whether it's places you've traveled, whether it's, you know, what are your hobbies? What is it that you love to experience to make that feeling of home? Um, as well as connecting with nature, connecting with, uh, like just giving, giving love to the soil, to the space that's probably been uprooted in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And on the other extreme, it's like, how do you let go of the things that you don't actually really need to allow the things that you love really to shine? Mm -hmm. And, and, and so it's creating the balance between those two extremes. Most people fall somewhere in the middle. Um, but one is almost like a bent up of energy, too much stuff that it's like over compacted. And the other is like a devoid of, of life force. Mm. Um, I guess you could liken that also to like the programming, right? Like, like I talk about breaking free from the programming, Mm -hmm. uh, from conforming this need to conform. And it's like, okay, if you have a sterile environment, it's like new build, everything looks the same in every house and doesn't have its own personality or whatever. It's like everything is is designed to look the same as the next person. Um, and you get to import your own likes and desires and style and things like that. Um, and often like we don't do that with our relationships, right? We're like, well, I've been told that my partner's supposed to meet my needs and I've been told that I'm not supposed to want anything and just be content. Or if they don't meet my needs, they actually don't love me because they can't read my mind. (laughs) Or, you know, like there's just all these things that we're just like, well, this is how it's supposed to be. And so part of, part of the, my breaking free from conformity program is really to like figure out what the subconscious beliefs are. Like, what is it that you've been told? You know, you told you, you need a table and chairs uh, in your space and it has to be, you know, four chairs and a table and this is where you eat. Well, maybe that's not what you, maybe that's not what you want. Maybe you want a bench. <laughs> maybe you want a couch at your table. Actually, I, I, I recently listened to a thing and with, um, COVID and everything, people have started getting rid of their dining room tables and making like a yoga space or making like using that room in Mm. in different in different ways and I thought that was really interesting but it's like you know what like you have this relationship you have this home you have this amount of space to do with it whatever you want and often we feel constricted by you know you need a bedroom, you need to sleep in the same bed with your partner every single Mm -hmm. night for it to be a healthy relationship, which, you know, it's like, no, like I, me and my partner sleep probably separately about half the time. And it's absolutely fabulous. Like, it's nice to be in our own energy. It's nice Mm -hmm. not to have him coughing or like, just like different things. I wake up often in the middle of the night, like four in the morning, and we'll have like, ideas about my programs or just doing energy work or all these different things. And for him not to be there some nights, so I can just do voice notes on my phone or what have you is like fantastic. Um, and I think even like subtle things like that, it's like, how is the use of the space? How do you negotiate a relationship for what actually serves? Um, and what, like, what is like, what would you love 
Like I want to feel connected. I think the thing of your three things that you mentioned with communication, I feel like often people think good communication will equal connection. Um, and I, and yeah. that's not the case. I feel like feeling connected is usually what happens, uh, is a good connection comes first and then good communication will yeah. normally follow. So I definitely agree with, um, of that, um, for, but that's not what we've been taught, right? Like everybody throws around, oh, well, if you're going to have a good relationship, you need to communicate. And I'm like, there's a lot of ways to communicate, but like you could be talking to a wall. <laughs> Because I had all the skills of communication, but with my ex, I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel safe to have my own thoughts Mm -hmm. and desires. And and I was taught that I needed to give up who I was in order to be this good, submissive Christian wife, you know? And so that was my pattern. So I defaulted to what they thought and what they wanted on a regular basis. And I never even realized till like, you know, 15, 20 years later oh, I really don't know me and I don't know what I like. And I don't know what I would think about that. I just kind of default to, you know, I'll ask him what he wants to do for the weekend. And then that's what we do. Um, Or yeah, I would, I would say, well, what about this or whatever? I would never come and say, Hey, let's do this this weekend. Cause this is what I would like to do. I would never feel like I could do that, even though that's what he wanted. Uh, turns out he wanted me to just say what I wanted, but I didn't, that was not my programming. I didn't Mm. realize that I was allowed to do that. I thought I needed to just basically serve and be available for what he wanted. And yeah, I think that's often like the, uh, it's a, you know, a normal, it's a, typical discourse that I think is getting broken down more and more lately. But um, yeah, I think, you know, olden days for different streams of thought like that is, that is what it is. And I think um, the ideas of expression or like knowing, I, I, I mean, I think this goes back to so many different things as far as even children and, you know, how do you express yourself and how do you then also conform? It's like, you know, conforming to anything that you're taught and then what is actually taught for self-expression, for being able to follow your heart as opposed to following the rules in some ways. And I mean, it's a huge, you know, obviously a huge discussion um, piece for looking at, you know, the grain ingrainedness, the enculturalization of society and what, what roots, where you grow up and, um, you know, people have such different lived experiences Mm -hmm. throughout, throughout um, their lives. And I think, you know, whenever you're growing up, you, whatever you have, you think is normal. And then eventually you get to an age where you end up seeing that there's a different reality or different ways that people uh, take in the world or associate or so many different things. And that, you know, the way that you do is just one of them. Um, And, and allowing for, I think that flexibility. um, And it doesn't mean that you're being rebellious if you don't want to conform to what you've been taught your whole life. Like, like for me, part of the authenticity piece is that I like, I still want to be me, but I don't 
I don't want to follow all the rules like I've been taught because they're not helpful to me. They're not helpful to my relationship. They're not, they don't inspire me to, to live my full authentic truth. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to give a big fuck you to the rest of the world or to men or to whatever. Like, that's not my goal. I still want to be kind and loving and empathetic because that's who I am. So I'm very, it's very important for me, like when I talk about authenticity in relationships or just with yourself, that you still get to hold on to the the dearest part of parts of who you are, even uh, if you're I, breaking away from the system. Right. I, I mean, I think it's convoluted to think that the like your heart, your love of life, your zest, your what makes you come alive is not in culturalization. Right. right? Like we um, I like I mean, I work with uh, what I call pure heart, true love frequency, like this idea of like what is. Like there's there's culture, there's different norms, rules, roles, ideas of how society should be that we are learned and enculturated into, and that changes, you know, throughout the world. Um, mm-hmm. And it follows, you know, some things, but you know, the a collective based society versus versus the West, which is very individualistic for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of these play different things and their structures but none of that is actually who you are and like on a fundamental level of how you want to express you can change as much as you want all of these different things but like your essence will never change mm-hmm. you know do you find that that's really hard for your clients to get to like what is it that lights you up and what do you want do you find it um, takes a while for some people to really discover that like it's been buried for so long um that's a good question <laughs> um i so i work with energy and so the, one of the processes i take people on is what i call an avm or an activation visualization meditation mm. and really so it is um it could i it's not specifically reiki but it's like working with these frequencies and energies and, you know people call them downloads people call them all sorts of you know different things but it's dealing with like how do i get you like through a very simple process that i do with people it's like talking about their space in their home and really just taking you on like this journey speaking, you end up falling into a meditative state and you feel this essence, you feel this aliveness, you feel this, this, um, this balance and peace in the world. And like, once you have that space, like once you experience that for, you know, even like it's just five minutes, uh, the ability to make decisions or feel ownership over where you live is just like exponential. Um, and and just being like, oh, right, like this is like one of my clients. It was really just being like, oh, right, like I can like something just because I like it. I can have that in my house just because I like it versus before it was like the place was very kid oriented, very husband oriented, very just practical oriented. Like they didn't have very much stuff on the walls. They didn't really know how to inhabit or for her how to display what she liked or what she wanted or feeling like she had character and in working with her, it's essentially like, right. She realized she's like, Oh, I can, I can buy this just because I like it. 
and like, I have the money, like I don't need to struggle with, like, I don't need to seek approval. I don't need to search for this. And so while my work is based around our homes and our spaces, it's because they reflect so much of our own internal thoughts, how we approach life. Um, and I think when you look at space and even how you negotiate space with another person, all of those little things, like I'm sure like in thinking about relationships, I don't know how much you look at people's home environments and stuff, but like that um, give and take of even physical space within a home of people either moving in together or moving apart, all of that negotiation, that communication, that connection comes into play within within a physical environment. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I love I love what you what you just talked about. It's it's so interesting. I I want to ask you cuz you were talking about just kind of combining like two people's spaces. You said something about that and I have just recently moved in with my my partner and so it's taking two separate homes and putting them together and it's like a lot of history on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we are both with our exes for, you know, 20 plus years. And so now we come together and we have very sort of different philosophies about homes and different backgrounds. He's very old school Italian and I'm French Canadian. And that alone has its own things. Um, and oddly enough, my ex was very much into decorating and and design and like everything always looked really nice. And that was something yeah. we always connected on. It was one of the very few things we connected about <laughs> that and food. Mm-hmm. Um, but my partner now and I, we connect on so many like love languages and like just a lot of, of more tangible relational things. Mm -hmm. Um, but the home, (laughs) the way the home looks is not one of those. It's been really interesting. So what kind of advice would you give to like people that are coming together and maybe have different, different views? And this is very pertinent to relationships as well, because you have two different people coming together and wanting different things. How do we navigate that? Yeah. I mean, navigating space, whether it's, I mean, it's how in a home is so, it's so individualistic, right? Mm. Um, It's, you know, it, it comes down to what makes them feel safe, what makes them feel secure. Um, And I think a lot of it is communicating and communicating. I know you said connection, but like communicating, like, what are your wants and needs? Like, what is it that like, makes home for you mm-hmm. um and and it's you know it's talking about it it's navigating what that is and then also giving them a space that is uniquely their own um i realized in one of my past relationships that like i very much felt like i was living in his house and like i slowly tried to arrange things or do things and stuff but it's still and we are no longer together. And I actually realized like, even going back now, I've like mm. done stuff to help. And it's because he's also just like very kind of controlling or like wants everything to be a very particular way. And so while I was there, it's like, oh, like you say you can do this, but you don't actually mean that I can do this. Or mm-hmm. like, it's kind of, you know, you, and so it's, it's figuring out that 
that thing. And like literally what real estate does he have for his own expression in your house, Mm -hmm. whether that's him having a wall in the living room to having a table that is for his own self to Mm -hmm. having like some space in the house for him to just be like, this is my corner. This is where I go to feel whatever. And maybe that's inside, maybe that's outside, Mm -hmm. maybe it's the garage, um, (laughs) you know, uh, and and for them to be able to have that space that is totally their own. And then how do you make rooms? It is, you know, a little bit of give and take. How do you have areas that sometimes they can collaborate and be more like a combination? Um, but I think having that one, that one space for them specifically is really important. Yeah, that's so tricky because so much of what I brought over was like me filling the house pretty much, right? And so I have yeah. my office and then the guest room is like, quote unquote, my room, which was all my furniture and stuff from my house with my stuff that yeah. is, is kind of my space to like go and chill out when I yeah. need to recoup. Um, and there's not really there's not really space for for him Exactly. Um, because it's not a big house and my son has the basement, which would be ideal for like him hanging his motorcycle helmet on a skull yeah. head stand or whatever, like, but like yeah, it doesn't fit the house at all, right? Like how are you? I mean, part of it is getting inventive. It's like you're welcoming into your home, you're welcoming to his life. Like you yeah. and this is the same thing as like probably what you do in relationship. It's like it might make you feel slightly uncomfortable, but how much better will your relationship be for him to have that space for him to be himself? Mm-hmm. You know? And so it's it's playing with like the same, like how how do you navigate? How do you compromise? How do you come to that middle ground with anything, whether it's a relationship or whether it is looking at actual, like some sort of you know, working with finite things of uh, time, uh, space, you know, there's only so much you can give to one person, you know, and non-monogamy. It's like, how do you have time for all of these people? It's right. often something that someone comes up with and it's like, same thing. It's like, we're dealing with finite mm-hmm. amounts of things, whether it's space, time, et cetera. <laughs> like you, know? you might have a, an infinite amount of love to give, but not an yeah. infinite amount of time. And that's a very, very real discussion in yeah, polyamory, exactly. right? Very and it's real. the same thing with space. Yeah. You know, it's like we are dealing, especially I'm in the UK right now and houses are way smaller. Things are much more, you know, even just closets and everything, like everything is just tinier here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, how, do, how do you make that space? I mean, I think that's what design and, different shows right now for decluttering or creating mm-hmm. organization like all of that is about like how do you make more space for what you love and what you do um and part of that is that negotiation aspect of creating systems that work mm. yeah. oh that's good and and yeah it is tricky when you've like gone from a house to like a like small townhouse in the city and yeah. then there's like I work from home, so obviously I have an office, and and you know I want that to sort of reflect me because I'm in this space all the time. But then the guest room, like already have you already had the furniture and the decor and stuff like yeah. that, and so you know trying to like make it functional and 
affordable and like there's just so many things yeah it's also seeing like what obviously is important to him like what like actually asking like what are the things here that would really make a dish more comfortable or for you and like trying to like carving out some some amount of space and whether that's even temporarily being like okay this kitchen like our kitchen we've put all the things away in the cupboards suiting for like my taste and needs what would happen even if you spent like two days took everything out and then put everything back in together in a way that like it maybe will be ever so slightly differently but it's like how do you both take that ownership of the space you know and so there's like little things you can do it's like um even like instead of coming in like I don't know if you guys are now sharing a closet or if you have separate closets, but like even just like you taking out and both like moving into uh into an area together. Mm-hmm. Um, and like what would that actually look like? And then, you know, maybe that will help with decluttering or some other things as yeah. well. But well, those yeah. are some good tips. And I mean, it's the same thing in relationships, right? We gotta ask this question. I think sometimes we're afraid to ask the questions, like, what is it that you really would like? Yeah. Like what that answer might be scary. And he might not know, like literally, like yeah. if you ask him right now, he might be like, I have no idea. And so then it's like, well, what can we start with? That's like fun and interesting. Well, like being like, I'm just going to give you this wall, mm-hmm. put whatever you want on the wall, like, or give you like something. And like, even now you're like, kind of like I don't want to <laughs> like, give up no. the wall. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, okay. <laughs> no, here we go. He wants a mirror at the end of the bed, which is like one of those things. I'm like, Oh, you're not really supposed to have a mirror at the end of the bed, but the mirror uh, is very, very pleasant for him to have at the end of the bed. So, you know, like that is something that a mirror matches everything. (laughs) (laughs) Also, it's like the, I mean, what, however you want to do that, it seems like it's a functional aspect for what he is wanting it for. Um, (laughs) And yes, in feng shui, like ideally it's not like you don't want to look at it, but like you can also put a curtain up across it for when it's not in use or different things to make it. So it's not like just reflecting, you're not seeing yourself when you're sleeping, but being able to choose one that's open or one that's closed Mm -hmm. um, for that thing. And so it's also, you know, how are you creative in your designs for, you know, like that is a use case of pleasure bringing aliveness to your relationship for what he's wanting it for, I imagine. Um, <laughs> and so how do you allow that to be embraced as opposed mm-hmm. to being like, oh, I, I feel like I'm doing the same thing you do, but it's like, it's a rule in design not to have that happen. Right. As opposed I'm like, to being oh, like, but, <laughs> but you don't, you don't want a mirror facing you and you don't want the corners. Yeah. Like when you walk into the room, you don't want corners like aiming at you and yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, also it's like, you know, put a plant, put something in front of it, like think about it, like even, uh, so I work so much with setting of intention. And so even just putting, when you put that mirror up, like writing a note of intention being like only like love and like pleasure is reflected in this mirror Mm -hmm. and like even just having that. And so like, and I mean, honestly, like, I had mirrored closet doors that were right next to my bed and I loved it because I loved being able to watch. We both loved it. (laughs) It's like these big, these big, huge mirrors. Yeah. Um, But like, I never felt like that was an issue. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Like, 
rules are rules. Like we, we don't have to conform to the rules. <laughs> if it feels good. Awesome. If it doesn't, why? And I think the biggest thing with like going back to what you said at the beginning of like, you know, how we are similar and using the word design, I feel like design is so much about intentionality mm-hmm. and intention of the space. And so when I work, I do energy first design is kind of how I frame it. And part of that is using intentionality. What am I actually going for here? Because mm-hmm. I mean, one of the basis of my work. It's like everything is energy, right? Everything it takes on energy. You can transform things with thought, et cetera. Yep. Um, and so even you just like having that intention between putting up the mirror for what he's desiring for it, for what you're desiring for it. And for like, essentially, you know, having it be a juicy thing that you're doing and negating anything that would be otherwise, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, to, well, that's the thing is like not the, in the framework. The purpose yeah. of it is is to bring him joy because he enjoys being able to watch those things or to to visual. He's very visual, so yeah. um, that is adding novelty, right? Yep. Like for mm-hmm. him, that is a piece of novelty, and why not have yep. that, right? Um, so it's. Uh, just little things like that where you you get to discuss what it is and why, you know, it's not just like, yeah. oh, I want a mirror here. No, it's for him. It's about connection. It's about feeling connected and feeling alive, you know, yeah. and that's yeah. one of the things that does help him feel alive. And, um, yeah, yeah. and I, I don't so, have an issue with that. I just was like, what mirror, where, how? <laughs> I was like, I have a smaller mirror that we could put up there to start with and see. Um, but I don't know, maybe it's not big enough. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, mean, I mean, you could try it out and play with it, right? No, and um, I, I like that because I mean, often our fear or our well, our fear makes us hold on to things or, or control, you know, whether it be in relationships or within our spaces. You know, like I want everything to look just so because that's going to make me feel safe. Um, But like I am not considering, you know, the fact that everything around the house does not feel like him. Yeah. And so, you know, is that is that worth it? You know, Mm -hmm. like it's two people coming together and we need to be considerate of both just like in a relationship. So that is why. I think our work is so aligned because it is, it is a whole, right. It's, it's like a holistic way of thinking about design. It's a holistic way of thinking about relationships. And for me, the authenticity piece means you, you are coming to your relationship very consciously Mm -hmm. It's a conscious um, design. It's a conscious formulating of what it is that you want outside of the rules. If it has to be. It doesn't have to conform to the rules. You get to decide what rules work for you and what doesn't. And you get to decide on your boundaries and you get to change your mind. You get to move the furniture if you want. Absolutely. I think that's another big thing. It's like, it's not stagnant. Like it's not meant Mm -hmm. to be like set and done, which is what you said at the beginning, you know, like you're not like uh, good design 
is in flux. Like you don't just set a thing and then not clean it and not dust it and not like not change things out and stuff. Like it's never like, you know, it's done like the designer leaves or whatever and it's there, but the whole thing is like, no, like what you're, you're watering the plants, you're, you're doing the different things of tending to the space. And so, and when it does feel like you're like, oh, that just doesn't feel right there anymore. You move it. Yeah. You, you, you mean you, you don't just put plastic over the couch and just like yeah. <laughs> and six count the crunchy I mean then it won't get dirty and won't get wrecked right yeah um, it'll it say flawless forever it doesn't yeah. feel very good but we do that to our relationships we just wrap it in plastic and hope that it doesn't change and doesn't get discolored from the sun and Right. Yeah. And I mean, we, I mean, things aren't stagnant, like things have cycles, things have seasons, things have ebbs and flows. And, um, and uh, yeah, I feel like well, we grow and change, so like styles change, people change. Like I'm not the same as I was at 22. Absolutely not. Yeah. What I like and what I want are completely different in relationships now than when I was 22. I didn't even know myself. So we just have to be conscious of that. All right. Well, we are running low on time here. And Alas, I want to give you a chance to um, share any wisdom, last bits of wisdom and any links or how people can find you. And I'll um, put those in the show notes. Okay. I will send them to you over. Um, my website is www.nalasa.design, or you can also find me at environmentalsouldesign.com. Um, same site. Um, and yeah, if anyone is interested, um, in kind of the way of uh, offer that I have coming up, uh, I do what I call home and soul refresh sessions. If you want to have a one-on-one with me and then I'm hosting, uh, perfecting your workspace. So, uh, so many of us are working from home, um, in the same way of like, what do you love? What makes mm. it come alive? Um, as well as giving you a chance to look at kind of your organizational systems, how you show up on camera, all of that stuff. So I'm going to be having that starting October 26th. Um, and that information is on my website. Um, happy to have a conversation with anyone that would like to know more than me. Um, nice. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so I'll put that link in the show notes, um, those mm-hmm. links. And uh, yeah, that sounds really, really exciting. And we're going to have to collaborate together because I think that um, the the design piece can go hand in hand. I think we could, I think so we could come up with a really cool, cool. Offer. Yeah, I think that would be, be awesome. And thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure oh. chatting about uh, these two very interesting subjects and like how they come together in really navigating our own authentic self, um, Mm -hmm. both like in like the, I would arguably say the two most important aspects of our life, like our relation, like our love relationship and our home are like the, the two biggest things of, you know, minus kids or whatever, but even that is part of it. It's like the, the, the foundations I think of a good, good life. Yeah. And they both require us to, to really dig deep. Right. And not yeah. just like often we just settle. Oh, well, here I live here and that's fine. Or I'm in this relationship and that's fine. And we yeah. don't really get to like the like passionate side of that, right? Like we we don't have to just get up and just habitate. We can get up and like feel alive and and enjoy. And I, I can sit on this couch and look out this window and have this pillow next to me while I enjoy my coffee. And that brings me joy, whether you know. So it, we get to design yeah. the aspects of our life that we want to be there. 
Yeah. I mean, I think a good relationship as with a good home, it's like it fuels your creativity. It fuels your productivity. It fuels what you're capable of doing in the world, really. Like it is, they are both like your main support systems. Um, and, and, and ultimately they all revolve around yourself too, but Mm yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you so much. I've so enjoyed this conversation and we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much for coming. Definitely. Thank you for being flexible on the time. I love it. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a great day. Love you. you. Bye. Oh, thank you, Nalasa. What a beautiful conversation. I love how our two worlds have finally converged. I don't know why it took me so long to kind of see how our our two worlds work together so well. I don't know. But timing is always perfect. And Nalasa and I have been on this entrepreneurial journey together, um, but separate, obviously. And we've kept in touch over the years and just watched each other's journeys. And it's just kind of cool how our missions are so similar and it's really all about authenticity at the end of the day, even though what we talk about is, is actually seems so different. It all comes down to the same thing, sort of the, the design that we choose for our homes and our spaces and the design that we choose for our relationships at the end of the day determines our life in many ways. And that's because the energy in which we approach those two things says so much about us and our ability to be authentic and to decide what's important for us, what brings us joy, what lights us up. And many of us never even think about that. We never go deep inside and and find out what is it that really lights me up? What brings me joy and love and energy? And how do I apply that to the most important things in my, in my life where I live, where I rest and come to recharge. And, and also the same thing with our relationships where I rest and I come to recharge often if that relationship doesn't feel safe, if it doesn't feel like home, then why am I in it? And we're allowed without shame and without guilt, without judgment to claim the things that are important to us and to create those things and design those structures and and bring in those elements that bring us joy, even if they go against the grain, even if they don't conform to what society or religion has told us things should be or look like. So I challenge you to really take a look. And if you want to work with Nalasa, the links will be in the show notes. Um, look her up. I think this, this um, designing your workspace will be really cool because a lot of us do work from home. I know that I want to check that out. And um, if you are wanting to design your relationships and understand sort of the programming that has kept you stuck and that has kept you in the design that you think you need to be in, um, let's take a look at that. Let's unpack that programming at the subconscious level. You're not even aware of the programming. I can guarantee it. Um, you might be aware of some and, 
and the others, you just don't even know why you have shame or guilt about certain things, but it's there because that's, that's the programming that you've had from such a young age. And that's perfectly okay. It's not your fault that you struggle with things. It's not your fault that you're having trouble in your relationships. It's not your fault that you struggle to be authentic and find your voice and not have shame or guilt about expressing your desires and your fantasies and your thoughts, emotions, and needs. So I challenge you to really look inside, reach out, reach out and look up my program. New cohorts are starting soon. So book a call with me. If you're unsure, book a call with me and we'll figure out when the right time for your cohort would be. And we'll make sure that you get in a group that would be um, that would suit you. I highly encourage, I'm starting a cohort with couples. So I would love to have other couples join in that. If you are partnered and you just want to take a look at some of the things that have been holding you back, you don't have to be in a bad relationship. Uh, you might just be curious about why you react to certain things or why you feel stuck here, or why your partner has shame about sexuality in certain areas. We have no idea where some of this comes from, but it affects us. It affects our ability to be authentic. So I challenge you to reach out, ask me some questions. Let's talk about it. Let's get you in that cohort and let's transform your life in eight weeks. It's it's really magical, you guys. I'm getting more and more testimonials all the time and it's the same thing. People are just like, I feel so free and I have no guilt about owning who I am and standing up for myself and speaking my truth. And all my relationships are just like lining up and feeling so much richer and so much more authentic and safe and connected. That's what I want for you guys. So please reach out. Don't wait. I Look forward to having you in the Facebook group if you're not part of it. Get on the mailing list and let's connect. I love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next week with another amazing conversation. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity... Authenticity is the key. Have a great week.